tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Very good afternoon to you and welcome to another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, yenara, yedia. Masterclass today is also brought to us by JL Properties. JL Properties, the city's favorite developer. Masterclass comes your way every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. and runs all the way through to 2.15 p.m. here on your superstation, Joy 99.7. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I'm happy to be your host for today's edition of Masterclass. For those of us who joined us in our conversation last week, we started a new conversation on coaching, but we did it slightly differently. We looked at the women-centered approach to coaching. In that conversation, we had with us Joyce Sika Chum, who is the CEO and founder of Self Search Ghana Limited, and she spent some time with us. I was rather intrigued by that conversation because typically when you hear a conversation that has women in it, we're going back and celebrating World Women's Day from the week before. You typically have all the content sort of skewed towards um, almost borderline feminism, almost borderline, you know, that kind of conversation. But it was really in, insightful for me. And I, I know that for those of us who listen, based on the feedback that I received, it was insightful for you as well. There were three things that I took away from that conversation. And by way of recap, for those of us who were unable to watch that show, um, the show is available on YouTube, on our YouTube page. By all means, do go there and you can watch that show as well. But three things stayed with me. And the first thing is that 99% of male and female genetic coding it's exactly the same, but the 1% difference influences every cell in our body, from the nerves that register the pleasure and pain to the neurons that transmit perception, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And this was a quotation by Brizendine, 2007. That's something that stayed with me, that almost all of our genetic makeup, male and female, are pretty much the same. So you see all the differences that we talk about. We're not, we're not, we're not that different, are we? The second thing that also stayed with me in that conversation was that with respect to the base reaction to stimuli, Men are action-oriented and women are feeling-oriented. So sometimes you ask yourself, why, why do women think differently? Why do men think differently? Somebody says, don't try and understand women, just love them, <laughs> and vice versa. Well, the reason is because that 1% difference that we're referring to is where we're wired differently. And when it comes to reaction to stimuli, men are action-oriented, so they will fight or they will flee. And women will, are more feeling-oriented, which means they will rather empathize in any given situation that threatens them. 
the last thing I took away from that conversation is that men are hardwired to systemize and women are hardwired to empathize, which is just a follow-up of the point that I made. Today, we continue in that same vein of conversation, but it won't be skewed towards women-centered coaching. This is general coaching, and we'll be looking for those of us who like to make notes under the topic area. Coaching the vehicle to quantum growth and development. Coaching the vehicle to quantum growth and development. Joyce is back here in the studio with us. She's obliged us some more time. And she's going to be sharing some thoughts with us. She's got one of those CVs that I uh, would say, um, when I grew up, I want to be like, I can't read all of it, but just so you know who you're dealing with this afternoon, she, Joyce Sikachum has a bachelor's degree in educational psychology, guidance and counseling from the University of Port Harcourt, Nigeria, and also a postgraduate degree in business administration from the University of Leicester in the United Kingdom. She's a certified human resource practitioner and trainer from the American Certificate Institute, USA. She's also a certified international gestalt and systems development practitioner from the Gestalt Center for Organization and Systems Development in Cleveland, United States of America. She's a John Maxwell practitioner and a certified feminine power transformational coach. She's a member of the Gestalt Africa Community of Practice, the Association of Coaching and Practitioners Ghana, and the Association of Human Resource Management Practitioners in Ghana. She's a career consultant for TDI Global Canada and the MY3D Project. She's also a counselor for some of the na- for one of the nation's international leading schools, the GIS, the Ghana International School, where she's worked for over 13 years. My guest for this afternoon back in the studio with us to share some more thoughts on the conversation on coaching, Joyce Sikachum. Auntie Joyce. Yes, sir. Yeah, welcome back Thank to you. the studio. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and today I'm going to shift a little, like, just mm. like you rightly said. I'm going to shift a little to help our listeners understand when I move into transformational coaching and, you know, which aspect women benefit from, they would understand it better. Mm. So we are going to be looking at how coaching emerged and has evolved. And we are going to look at the difference between coaching and the other modalities, that is counseling and mentoring. Many times people mix it up, you know, they, they... and so we are going to look at the differences. And finally, we are going to look at what coaching is. And sometimes people even switch the meanings. Yes, they switch. The, and everybody is a coach now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we are going to see the distinctions. But I'd like to start with, with a saying, a, a quote by Oprah Winfrey. And she said, and I quote, In the past 25 years of my life, the greatest accomplishment I have made have come as a result of working with a coach. Unquote. Mm. And it is said that Bill Gates and Steve Jobs have been quoted as saying everybody needs a coach. And that tells you the importance of coaching. So like I said, I'm going to take it systematically and I hope I finish today. <laughs> I finish what I, I promise, have. I promise I'm not going to talk too much. <laughs> I hope I finish. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the field of coaching is new. And I, I'm saying it's new because unlike professions like law and medicine that has been in existence for over 100 years coaching is relatively new okay it started around the 1970s and got you know really structured within the 1990s and um, it emerged to meet new unprecedented rate of change and complexities that was due in society as society was growing and evolving there were lots of complexities that were coming in structures moved from being fixed to being fluid Mm. okay so you had roles changing Uh, you know at first men would work women would stay at home those that was shifting um roles of men were shifting roles of women were shifting a lot of things were shifting relationships were shifting okay there were breakups (laughs) all kinds of things were shifting 
And there was also, at that time, around that period, the rapid change and complexity with the introduction of computers, cell phones, and worldwide web around that period. Mm. So there was a need for what we call just-in-time learning to support the workplace at that time. And so there's this man who, you know, his name is the name that comes to mind when you think about uh, coaching. And he introduced Thomas Leonard. Mm. Now, he was an accountant. I'll tell you his story. I mean, and and that informs how traditional coaching became what it is. Mm. He was an accountant, and it is said that um, he was also difficult to deal with. It was difficult to deal with. And so he did all... I'm so tempted to say something. <laughs> and so he did all his coaching by phone. So he never saw his clients face to face. He did all his coaching by phone. And so by virtue of his own personality, mm. okay, and his, his um, you know, what he wanted to achieve out of coaching, traditional coaching was more linear. Okay, traditional coaching was more linear, more logical, so that the emphasis was on setting goals, uh, which it still is. So the emphasis was on setting goals, developing strategies, taking action, and recording outcomes. Okay, so if you look at the branch of coaching that is in the public eye, which is usually uh, executive coaching, performance coaching, business coaching, they are all geared towards performance enhancing performance, maximizing performance as a result of, you know, uh, Thomas Lillard. In fact, he's the one who introduced International Coaching Federation, the body that is responsible for, you know, ethics and developing coaches. And so it started out performance, enhancing performance. Okay. Then it evolved. So there was the human potential movement by, and the person who comes to mind is, is Laura, Laura Withward. Now, at that time, human potential movement was, if you'd have done, oh, if you, let me just go into psychology a little. You know, when you think about um, client-centered Rogerian counseling and Abraham Maslow's, uh, you know, hierarchy of needs, all those fall within human potential movement, where we were looking at the human being as a whole and not just performance, not just maximizing performance, okay? So she also came in and she focused on the whole individual, okay? Bringing out the best in the individual. So you are looking at the individual's values, you are looking at the feelings, you are looking at the dignity of that individual, the totality of that individual, okay? That was a human potential movement. And so Laura's, um, what she came up with was more of creating what we call a, she came up with what we call a co-active model. Mm -hmm. And her co-active model focused on both the individual and the group. Unlike Thomas, who focused on the individual and the emphasis was on performance. Okay, he, 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 you know, his emphasis was on performance. Now for her, she aimed in, her aim was in coaching was to create relationships that would hold space for people who wanted to make progress in their life. Okay, so there was more emphasis, it was more transformative and there was more emphasis on collaboration, collaborating with others, okay, in order to move into your next level. So that was, you see how it's evolving. And then... There was the self-help training model. So from performance to collaboration to self-help training model. So the self-help training model, and, and the name that comes to me is Anthony Robbins. Okay, now he, he looked at it all so from another angle. 
and and the influence he was looking at the mix of there was the mix of large group awareness okay self-help training his own the focus was on self-help training so participants were taught that they were responsible for their own life outcomes okay so he was creating a mind shift here they were responsible for their own life outcomes and they were given the opportunity to re-examine their beliefs systems and the reflex pattern of living i'll explain it that kept their lives from working from working the way it was okay so for him your belief what you believed in if if you gave a meaning to a certain thing okay and you believed that it informed the way you behaved Mm -hmm. and there were patterns in our life that somebody would say repeatedly i find that i can't say no (laughs) or repeatedly i find so that's the pattern okay and he's saying that you have to trace it to your belief what were you taught? What do you believe? Do you believe that people must always give? Do you believe? So your beliefs inform your actions. And if you would look back at your beliefs and your reflex patterns of living, mm-hmm. then you would be able to skew your life in the direction that you wanted. So you see how it was progressing from performance into collaborative, collaboration, into self-help. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so coaching continued to evolve and will continue to evolve. Okay, in our next session, I'll talk about how the traditional coaching and the transformational coaching and where the shifts are. Okay, so I'm moving into the difference in the modalities between coaching and other modalities. So I'm first going to look at the difference between coaching and psychotherapy, which is one modality. Okay, so psychotherapy is oriented towards illness and trauma. Okay. So if you have an individual who is, is, has been traumatized and she wants to commit suicide and she hurts herself, you know, there are people who cut themselves. That person cannot see a coach, <laughs> okay? That person has to see a psychotherapist because they are oriented towards illness and trauma. I'm going through it systematically. They deal with dysfunctional, emotional, and behavioral problems. Dysfunctional, emotional, and you know, there are instances where people have so much fear that they prefer to hide behind, you know, go close to the corner in a room, and a lot of, you know, behavioral dysfunctions. They, they focus on the past and, and, and disruptive problems, okay? Problems of disruption, hurting yourself, wanting to kill somebody. Um, Severe illnesses and trauma. They are aimed at restoring the client to the adequate function. Okay, to adequate function. That's psychotherapy. So in the case of coaching in this regard, coaching focuses on achievement and fulfillment of your goals or fulfillment of your outcomes. Okay, so if you're dealing with somebody who is ill and has gone through trauma, that person... Is finding it difficult. You can't even talk about achievement and fulfillment of goals. Okay, coaching looks at excellence, excellence and human, you know, potential, excellence and human potential. It is done with an already functional person, somebody who can think through their outcomes, decide on what outcomes they want. Okay, not someone who is not functional. Okay, or who is exhibiting, who is dysfunctional and exhibiting emotional and behavioral problems. Now, there's a need for safety. If you take somebody who, uh, I said earlier, for instance, that um, 
John, uh, Thomas, you know, did all his coaching on phone. Thomas Leonard. Yes, did all his coaching on phone. He mm-hmm. never saw his client, but he was an excellent. And if he, he introduced uh, International Coaching Federation and all, then you yeah. can tell that he did an excellent job. So if you look at coaching in, in respect to psychotherapy, you cannot have coaching on phone with someone who is ill and in tra- and trauma, traumatized and is, you know, is exhibiting dysfunctional emotions. So those are the differences. So in the case of coaching, you can. You can have it with somebody on phone, you can have it online, you can have it in person. Okay? So traditional coaching can be done in, in these ways. So the dif- that is the difference for psychotherapy, and I'm repeating it. It's oriented towards illness and trauma, deals with dysfunctional emotional and behavioral problems. It focuses on the past and disruptive problems. So the psychotherapy goes into your past to find out the root cause of the disruptive problem okay a coach does it differently then we are going to look at the difference between the coaching and counseling okay so many times people say i want you to see a counselor and the issue is not counseling related or i want to use to see a coach so i'm going to look at the differences here so counseling is more aligned to psychotherapy okay because in counseling you are also looking at you're applying most of the skills that psychotherapist would use so, you know like deep listening which a coach would also use empathy which a coach would also use okay supporting the individual to address and resolve issues okay it addresses issues like anxiety so if somebody is anxious the person can see a coach i mean a counselor sorry depressed but not depressed to the point where they are cutting themselves that becomes a psych uh, you have to refer to a psychotherapist okay so ad- Counseling addresses issues like anxiety, depression, mood disorders, trauma, relationships, and addiction. You know, sometimes people go through relationships, heartbreak, and it can be traumatizing <laughs> for them, okay? That's so quite commonplace these days. Pardon? That's quite commonplace these days. It is. You know, and a person can see a counselor. But if the person is going through extreme trauma as a result of the breakup and has started wanting to hang themselves or commit suicide that is no longer the work of a counselor the counselor has to refer the issue to the psychotherapist okay so if you compare this moving coaching moves a client towards their outcome than rather than supporting them through a crisis Okay, so in coaching, I am moving you towards your outcome. You have stated the outcome, and we are working towards achieving that outcome. Whilst in, in, in uh, counseling, I am supporting you through a crisis. Okay, when someone is in the midst of an emotional crisis and trigger intense emotions, they need to see a counselor, not a coach. <laughs> okay, now repeat that. When someone is in the midst of an emotional crisis and trigger immense emotions, they need to see a counselor, not a coach. And so if you are a coach and you have the advantage of being a counselor and as a a coach as well, a trained counselor and a trained coach, I think an advantage I have, you would have to let the counselor, the the client know that you are shifting Mm -hmm. into counseling because how you are going to approach it is going to be different from how you'd approach it in coaching so if you see that the person is going through anxiety and their relationship related issues that is making emotional you will tell the person that we are going to be doing counseling and not coaching 
okay mm -hmm. and when the person has come out of that phase then we can move into coaching because then that person is ready now to look at their outcome to you know create their outcome and and work towards achieving that yeah. outcome okay so we are now going to look at we are moving to mentoring okay now mentoring is when a mentor is someone who has mastery in an area mm -hmm. and offers that experience okay so i could have mastery in teaching or i could have mastery in somebody could have mastery in marketing or playing the saxophone or playing the saxophone or cooking and use their mastery to offer help or to, to their experience to help another person okay to learn and so it, it is sharing or guiding from one's own experience as a specific area of industry or career development so my own experience i'm telling you that okay this is how i did it mm -hmm. okay and you could also do it that way so i'm virtually it is more led by me than led by the person okay so the person has the experience and the person has knowledge in that area and the person is using their own experience and their own knowledge to move you into your next level mm. whilst coaching is not in, coaches are not mentors to those they coach mm -hmm. even though you may be demonstrating empathy through the coach when i go to transformational coaching you understand this better in order for for the coachee to learn but you are not to be a mentor you are not to tell the coach the client sorry the coachee that i did it this way so you can also do it this way that's mm -hmm. a no-no in coaching in coaching if you bring that into coaching then you are going to take permission from the coachee and tell the coachee i would like to use an experience i had to share with you to see if you can get something out of it for your own experience do i have your permission to do so if she says yes then you can do that <laughs> okay but you don't go ahead and say okay i did it this way you know you can also do it this way it's advice you have shifted completely you are no longer coaching you're either mentoring or guiding but this is such an important point that i mean i just wanted to you know just say yeah. this that i suppose the issue that we have with all of these coaching mentoring mm -hmm. therapy mm -hmm. counseling is our ability or otherwise to properly diagnose what yes. we think the problem is. Yes. And so you can begin to imagine the sphere of damage yeah. that we're causing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you've said it's what you've said is so powerful because there are instances where people have been disappointed by going to see a counselor because they were provided guidance. That's why we have guidance and counseling. Mm. Okay. Which means there are two distinct things, different. Okay. So they were told what to do. They were told that. And so they, they come out more disturbed <laughs> than, you know. So we're saying that coaching is not the same as mentoring. No. Which is not the same yes. as counseling. Which is not which the, is same, not as the same as psychotherapy. Yes. It's absolutely important that we get the differences. I mean, the safest thing to do, I always say that if you need help, just shout. Yes. Find a professional to do it and let them do it properly. Otherwise, we're going to be working with our people in our institutions and yeah. think we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And we're just going yeah. to be getting you wrong know, results. They tell you they are counselors in the schools or they are counsellors and they are providing guidance not counselling and, and people are being told what to do and what not to do what subjects to select what subjects not to select so I think this food for thought okay, okay let me allow and, you to finish yes and then you can be I'm emphasising something here under coaching I said coaches are not mentors to those they coach you are not going into the coaching to mentor 
the person you are coaching. Mm. Your behavior, your attention to, to detail, maybe your, the way you keep to time, you keep to your... It's, it will teach the person something. But you are not there to say that you are, you know, you are using your experience to, to more or less to tell the person what mm-hmm. to do. And another thing I want to say here is that you can be a masterful coach in an area that you have absolutely no knowledge or experience. Okay, and I'll explain. I can coach a doctor, but I don't have to be a doctor. I can coach an engineer. I don't have to be an engineer because the methodology is basically I'm helping the person identify his outcome. Okay, I'm helping the person identify his inner barriers that is standing in the way of him achieving those outcomes. We are breaking through those barriers and we are coming up with a destiny pathway. Okay, so there is a skill to it. So I don't have to be a pilot to coach a pilot. Mm. Because I'm not a technical, but I have to be a pilot to mentor a pilot. So you see the difference. Mm. Uh-huh. In mentoring, I, I have knowledge and experience in that field. And that is what I'm using my experience. In coaching, I don't have to. You could coach anybody, anybody in any field. Okay, because basically you are going through a particular system, process. And you are helping that person in the end achieve the outcomes they want. In the areas they stated, and I okay. suppose I'm quiet also because the the content or the data on all of these um, specific areas has been quite confused in the past, haven't they? I think they are there. They are there because I'm sure when we get interactive, some of my listeners will tell me that there's a slight confusion for them in their minds between what coach, what they thought coaching was. Mm-hmm. And I'll and go to athletic <laughs> coaching. Maybe that would help. People feel coaching is. Somebody comes, and you know, when I next session in the next our session, mm. we'll talk about the various branches of coaching. Perhaps that will bring yes, a bit more clarity. so that you understand the difference between performance coaching, an executive coach, a transformational coach, a life coach, mm. a, a skills development coach. There are differences, so that you know exactly who do I go to if I have this particular need. Okay, <laughs> so I'm shifting now into training. <laughs> the difference between coaching. This is training. And a lot of organizations are doing training and saying they are doing coaching. Hmm. A lot. <laughs> and I know a lot. You know, they are doing training and they are saying they are doing coaching. So the distinction is this. Training is based on the meaning, sorry, training based on the meeting of a setting learning outcome mm-hmm. as set out by the trainer or instructor. Okay. So in training, I have set the outcome. So for, I'll give you an example. They've said that, okay, the HR department, we want you to train on um, customer service. Mm-hmm. So we have set the outcome. So the trainer is going to sit down. I'm going to sit down and look at what the needs are and create something to come and train in the area of customer mm-hmm. service. In coaching, the coachee is setting their outcome. I am not setting it for them. Okay, so the learning objective is set in training by the trainer and the instructor. The purpose is to provide learning and expertise to the group. There is a linear learning path with set curriculum. So I have, we'll cover this, we'll cover that, we'll cover that. That's training. Mm-hmm. In coaching, you can, so coaching can be used to support the learning process here. You hear the coaching objectives mm-hmm. are set according to the objectives of the training program. And I'll explain. So you can have training on customer service training when i say training it means the trainer has set the curriculum the content the learning outcomes the objectives at the end of the training what does he want to see in the trainees he's done all of that and done the training then you can support it with coaching 
in the sense that now the what was taught individuals or groups with group coaching or individual coaching the individuals are now you are now causing them to create their own outcome so we did customer service so for you what is the area in customer service that you want growth in so mine will be different from yours Okay, but it's still the customer service. Mm -hmm. Uh So we can use coaching to now support and get that individual to now set his own outcome within the customer service and work with him or her to identify what are the inner barriers, what is stopping you from achieving it, how do we we break through those inner barriers, and they create their pathway. Okay, and so you've used coaching to support Mm -hmm. training. Mm -hmm. You've got it. Where they bring out their specific needs based on their specific area of operation. So they are directing Whilst in the training, the trainer was directing the course of events. Okay. Then we are going to look at athletic coaching, mm. athletic development. Many people see, and, and I'll go to sports, <laughs> where you see the coach mm-hmm. on the sports field. The technique he's using is different from the technique a coach would use. Okay. So the athletic development coach, for instance, the coach is often seen as an expert who guides and directs the behavior of individuals or teams based on their greater experience or knowledge. Okay. So I have seen that this person, I'm not very good with football. I like to see it, you know, when they score the goal, but I'm not very good. But you may observe a particular player on the field and say that this person will be good at what side. Give me the areas in on the football field but this area would mm-hmm. would know how to you know play in the, the midfield in the, the midfield attack, or whatever in the, uh-huh. yes. in the defense because so he's observing and saying this person will do well here so i'm going to train that person mm-hmm. to go into that okay that's what the athletic develop mm-hmm. coach is doing the professional coach is different from the sports coaching mm-hmm. coaches possess these qualities but it is the experience and knowledge of the individual or team that determines the direction mm-hmm. Not the athletic coach who determines the direction. Okay, so I may see that you are good here, but in coaching, we you have to get you to create your outcome. Okay, and we work through your outcome. And I hope I'm making sense here with the athletic development coach. And then we are looking at consulting. Okay, so there's the difference between the consulting, coaching versus consulting. So if I take consulting, they provide specialized expertise to individuals and organizations. So the assumption is that the consultant diagnoses a problem within the organization, then prescribes and implements. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay? So he says, you say maybe there's an issue with customer service or with marketing or with sales. So he comes in, diagnoses the problem and prescribes what should be done and implements the solution with you. Okay, gets the people to implement a solution. The coach, on the other hand, the assumption in traditional coaching is that individuals or teams are capable of generating their own solutions with the coach supplying supportive discovery-based approaches Mm -hmm. and framework. Okay, so the coach is not going to diagnose and then uh, the problem and prescribe Mm -hmm. and implement like the consulting will do, the consultant, sorry, will do. So each one has its place and each one is important depending on what your need is. They perform a different function also. Yes, they perform a different function depending on what your need is. So I'm going to conclude with just the definition of coaching. Mm. Okay, and I'm using the International Coaching Federation definition and it says it is a profession that supports personal and professional growth and development based on individuals initiated change 
individuals, not the organizations initiated change, mm-hmm. but the individual. Individuals initiated change in pursuit of specific actionable outcomes. These outcomes are linked to person or professional success. It is forward moving and future oriented. Okay, now I'll, I'll use this to explain. I said not the organization. There are instances where organizations we do six months coaching for managers mm. okay and and in order to help help them you know them and help them help their teams so the organization may say okay we want you to coach this person for six months this is what we want to see these are the gaps that mm. the person has okay and so we want at the end of the coaching these gaps we want to see that there's been a shift so they've given you the broad what they want to see now it is your job as a coach to work with that client to identify their own outcome, okay, and work through that. So, what have you identified as being the gap? What do you identify or project to be the solution to that? Or where would you like to be, having identified? Mm-hmm. The In gap? fact, even the questions, you know, there are ways. They are, we call them powerful <laughs> questions. Okay, so questions that stimulate new thinking, mm. creates new awareness and causes new actions to be taken by that individual within the outcome they have set. Mm. Okay, so there are powerful questions. I would ask you, I wouldn't ask you, um, what, I would ask you questions like, what could you do differently? Mm. Okay, I would ask you questions like, um, if what would success look like for you? Okay, so you're causing the person to think. Mm-hmm. What would success, so that this person would describe what success would look like. What would take you there? What is stopping you from getting into that? Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there are questions, the whole idea of coaching powerful questions, coaching questions is to stimulate new thinking in your client and to cause the client to obtain new awareness. Suddenly he leaves saying, oh, I didn't know that. But all those answers are coming from him, really. I didn't know that, really. Mm. And then he will begin to take new actions mm. that would help him achieve the outcomes that he himself stated. Mm. when we started the coaching session. Okay, so I hope you've understood the differences. Very much so. I'm sure that our listeners will also want to be a part of it. I mean, it brings me back to what Alvin Toffler said, Mm -hmm. that the illiterates of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read nor write, (laughs) but those who cannot learn and learn Mm. and relearn. I'm sure that my listeners have a lot to um, also say, this is Joyce Sikachum here in the studio with us talking about coaching the vehicle to quantum growth. We'll take a quick message from our sponsors. When we come back, we get interactive. A home in a clean, serene, strategic neighborhood should not be a luxury, but a necessity. And at JL Properties, we make that dream a reality. JL Properties gives you value for your money in our fully gated and managed communities in North Airport, Achimota, and North Kaneshi. Enjoy reliable refuse collection, external area maintenance, and security in all JL communities. Make your home with us by logging on to jlpropertiesgh.com JL Properties the city's favorite developer on-air business development program Joy Business Masterclass is in session and you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302 21 
0541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551 111997 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your superstation, Joy 99.7. Today's edition of Masterclass is brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, Yanara, Yedia. Today's edition of Masterclass is also brought to us by JL Properties. JL Properties, they say the city's favorite developer. We're on track to right now. Numbers to call 0302-216-541. That's 0302-216-541. You can also send us your comments on 55 do you have any motor vehicle of any kind? Because if you do, your oil marketing company of choice, Goyle, keeps making life ever so convenient. Goyle now accepts Momo for all fuel purchases. Just remember to Momo it at Goyle. And that is not all. You can use your bank card at any of our fuel stations to buy fuel. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. JL Properties, the city's favorite developer. So according to Abraham Maslow, a home is a basic need and the COVID-19 pandemic made the statement ever more true than ever. Owning a home in a serene strategic neighborhood should not be a luxury, but a necessity. And at JL Properties, we make that dream a reality. JL Properties has been building homes for over a decade. Enjoy the ease of owning a fully completed home or choose from our off-plan packages. At JL Properties, you can make your internal adjustments to your home while it is still being built. Make your home with us today. Visit us at www.jlpropertiesgh.com or call on 0302-449-037. JL Properties, the city's favorite developer. Phone lines are now open, 0302-216-541. You can also send us your comments on 055 um, I've got a comment on social media. This one is from Norte Dua. And Norte ah. says... Uh, we often hear that coaching is best when you catch someone doing something right. Any comments on this? That's from Notedua. First of all, I want to say hello to Notedua. Okay. He's a Notedua, I know. He's listening to you. <laughs> you said coaching is when you catch someone doing something right. Mm -hmm. Playing with the words there, isn't he? Very much. <laughs> yes, I would say I agree with you. When you catch someone doing something right. When you catch someone, it depends on what your right means, mm. okay? And I would say it depends on what the right means because what may seem right to one person may not seem right to another. But for me, coaching is when you see somebody feeling restless. It means that person is ready to move to his next level, mm. okay? And that is right. Mm. So that feeling is right. Mm. That mm. feeling of... You know, I feel like... Even though it's comforting. Even though it's discomforting, it is right. It's a signal to say it's it time to move. It's a signal to say that something needs to shift. Mm. Okay, so it is right in this context. The person feels there's more in me that could come out. I don't know how I could let that come out. The person feels that there's more I could do. The person feels I want to shift from where I am to another place, but I don't know. It's uncomforting, but it's a right feeling because mm. it's telling the person that transformation is about to take place. Mm. So I hope Norte have answered your question. I'm sure that you've answered that question for more than just Norte because if you're if you're in any situation and you're beginning to feel that nudging, that says I can do more. Not the one that you feel that you are not happy with your job. That's one. It could be as a result of many things. Yeah, but it's including still, it's, the it's fact still, that it's time to change. Yeah, if you're not yeah. happy with your job, it means 
change you see change what is change mm. really what's change you see so if you're not happy with your job it could be you're not happy with the industry it could be there's a skill some skill sets you you lack that you need to develop but you are still open for coaching mm. because you are ready to navigate that issue mm. okay and so yes if you're not happy with I have a job, question. Yes. I mean, while we're waiting for the phone lines to ring, numbers to call again, 0302216541. Pick up that phone, give us a call. Let's talk about the different things we've had today, coaching, mentoring, counseling, therapy. What do all those things mean to you? Which one have you been practicing? Have you been mixing them up? Have you not been mixing them up? Have you been doing it right? Pick up that phone, let's share thoughts and become better for it. 0302216541. Or you can also send us your comments on 0551111997. I have a question. <laughs> In all of these scenarios, mm-hmm. um, what role does temperament play? Temperament, I think, cuts, obviously cuts across in all the roles. Mm. If you take... What is temperament, first of all? I'm asking you. Well, I have a definition in my mind. But, so tell me your definition. But I'd like, and then okay. I'll see how it... I'll show you how it, it shows okay, up. So, for example, I, I would define temperament to be a collection of... Um, a set of emotions, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, aspirations that mold a person. So okay. we'll, typically, we'll typically put them down into the four main ones that we know. But mm-hmm. I suppose that people don't have to be in one box. They can move across boxes. So you mm-hmm. can either be a, a, a choleric or you can either be a sanguine or you can be, be, you um, can be a melancholic or you can be a you know, okay. phlegmatic or you can be... That's, those are the ones that we know. Mm-hmm. But no one person is in, in one box. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we understand that people are a combination of a number of them depending on what's going on. People are can shift, but people are more of you are more of one than, than the, the other. other. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Now you talked about emotions. You talked about you find all of that within a psychotherapeutic case, mm. within a counseling case, within a mentoring case, emotions, athletic development case. So basically, I'm saying, if you talk about temperaments, it is a person. It is what it's makes unique. us our wiring. Yeah, it's what creates our wiring. My temperament may be what it is also by virtue of experiences, how I've mm. been brought up. Okay, somebody may easily get angry over mm. the least thing. And he wasn't born like that. <laughs> okay. But as a result of maybe what he saw in his home, he has become like that. Okay. And so in a coaching situation, for instance, we will go into that and we will look at the course and if that anger or that yeah it becomes such that he's now killing trying to kill people and hit people with things then it's it has become a psychotherapic a psychotherapist should address that so basically i'm saying our temperaments are can that be genetic though genetic to kill people no or to, to, harm to have people. the tendency that makes you want to hurt animals hurt and then you graduate to hurting people you know, we, we always say that the home is the first agent of socialization. Mm. And then there is the school and then there is the society. There, nobody was born that way. But you enter a home and you model behavior mm. within the home. What you saw, the kind of exposure you get, you got. Maybe you came from a home where you saw your father, violence. your parents, violence, a lot of violence. So for you, violence is not mean mm. <laughs> okay you have a, you have given a different meaning to violence that is why um uh, when i talked about uh, the looking at your beliefs and looking at the patterns mm. it, it stems from a place of what do you believe okay and how have you been wired and what meaning are you giving to the situations and the instances in your life for which that thing is okay mm. for you but you were not born like that 
it's interesting you you mentioned that and I know we're talking about business and all of that but the home is the basic unit of society so whether it's in the home whether it's in the workplace people learn by example mm-hmm. you know, I think it was here on Joy FM there was a show um, and the question was asked how do children learn and I have always remembered the answer that hmm. I think the speaker I can't quite remember who the speaker was but it said that three ways that children learn and I'm extending that to not just children but we all learn mm-hmm. it said number one is by example mm-hmm. number two is by example and number three is by example yeah. So yeah. I, I hear you when you say we model behavior mm-hmm. because it's what people see you do. That forms part of their orientation. I've always said mm-hmm. that people are a function of their orientation. Yes. So all of that puts together and becomes the person. And, and gives it makes you create a meaning. You see, they get imprinted in your subconscious. So your subconscious carries all the things you have seen and the pain and the emotions. and the, It's in your subconscious. So sometimes... You're dealing with somebody, and all of a sudden, the person begins to, ah, you said, oh, but this thing that I said, there's something already, there's unfinished business Mm. in the subconscious. You get what I'm trying to say, Uh aha. So we model behavior, and and our environment influences us. That's why he said we will look at the patterns Mm -hmm. and your beliefs and what meaning you are giving to you. I'll give you an example. So there's an incident of um, a a woman Mm. in, in leadership. And um, she had risen mm-hmm. by virtue of the fact that she could, whatever she applies herself to, she could do it. However, she had very low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And the reason was that she had been brought up being told that she can never be anything. That she had managed to become something, but she had not given a different meaning to that. Okay? So in her subconscious, she was pushing herself to prove that she could do something. However, in, within her was, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. You know, when she's trying to do something, that thought comes, but I'm not good enough. So there was the, the feeling of not being good enough. Mm. And it was standing in the way of her moving into another level in her life. So it was when that was removed. So what was standing in her way was just a 